Welcome to the Calvary Chapel Lake of the Ozarks message podcast. Our prayer and desire as you listen to today's message is that it would be an encouragement and challenge in your walk and relationship with Jesus. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us online at cclo.org or download our app in your app store today. Now, let's jump into today's message together. Amen. Good morning. That is weak, but I know I get a mic. So glad that you guys are here again. Cliff, my man, thank you. I walked up to him today and I said, hey, we're building on the foundation that you laid and just thank you for your faithful years of ministry. And I'm not going to call them out, but there is one family that is here that has been here the whole 30 years. They were teenagers watching kids, doing kids ministry in a living room as Calvary Chapel Lake of the Ozarks started. So if you know who they are, go find them. If you don't, I'll point them out later and you can go and thank them for their faithful years of service unto the Lord. Just even being teenagers watching kids as a few adults came together and said, hey, let's start something called Calvary Chapel. And so that with 30 years, there's been a lot of seasons of ministry. There's been a lot of times of ministry. There's been a lot of people that have come and gone through ministry, and we're okay with that. You know, some people are like, hey, I used to go to Calvary. They're still in the community, and they're plugged into other churches in the lake, and we love that because we know it's going to take more than Calvary to reach the whole lake for Jesus. We don't need Calvary to be proclaimed. We need the name of Jesus to be proclaimed in the lake. And so for us, we want to hold on to Jesus. We want to hold on to his word tightly, but not his people. Because we don't want to get in the way of God doing a new work and a fresh work. Because we know we can't do it all alone. Calvary is just one part of the body of Christ. It is the church at the Lake of the Ozarks. And so I love that uh, there's a lot of people here that they stepped out of their normal Sunday and they came to celebrate with us. And I'm glad that you are here for that. But we never want to get in the way of God doing a fresh work because even though we are looking back and we are celebrating 30 years, he's not back. He's not returned. And so we're not done working. We're not being the church that we are to be in the lake area to continue to love God, love others and impact this world all for the name of Jesus. And so over 30 years, you probably have a lot of those uh, remember when moments. It's kind of fun to talk to Cliff and some of the OGs that were here for decades ago. And I oh, remember when we used to do that. They, they were some prankers too. Let me tell you, like you hear some of these stories and I look at the staff and I'm like, they might have done that a couple decades ago, but I will fire you if you do that to me. They're like hiding stuff in their cars and driving them off cliffs and all different kinds of craziness. But I love all of those remember when kind of moments. Because we get to stop, we get to pause, and we get to see what God has done. And it's not just for those that have been a part of Calvary, but even us, that we get to celebrate in that. Even in, in my last 30 years, to think of the remember when moments that God was moving and working, that he was orchestrating all the way back to when I was eight years old. If you do the math, then you can figure out how old I am. That God was already moving and working as a young boy and then growing up and then seeing how he is just through his providence guiding and directing to bring us here right now. Because think about it. This is a remember when moment. You're going you're gonna to go back and you're going to think about, oh, remember when we all sat out in the sun and we watched the pastor just get broiled under the sun? Yes, I have a hat on for only health purposes right now. We sat in Dick's Sporting Goods, and I had to look at my 15-year-old daughter and be like, okay, do I look cool enough? 
Like, I don't want to be a geek, but I need some headwear. Some of you guys didn't even recognize me because you didn't see the shiny bald head, right? I didn't want to blind you with the glory of the Lord upon me. No, I'm just teasing. But we're excited to see what God is going to continue to do and work in and through us. That right here, we're, this is going to be one of those remember when moments. And that God was orchestrating to bring all of us together in this very moment. We're never going to be like this again. And so what does God want to do in and through us? Some would going to continue to hopefully connect with Calvary and find a church home there. Others, we hope that and pray that they will take the word of God and they will go out and they will be light. Let it be in the lake or if they're even from other areas in our country. But that wherever we go, we find the body of Christ because we have a unity in our faith in Jesus. And the beautiful thing is this is God's plan. This is what he wants. We, uh, me and Pastor Jerron just got back from Washington. We got a, a, a sweet invite from a church up there that said, hey, come up and, and see how we operate and do different things. They gave us a full backstage pass. And we walked in, they treated us like royalty. They treated us like family. And we're like, what's that about? They're like, you love Jesus. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Why wouldn't we? And so no matter where we go, let it be Calvary here at this very moment or wherever else the Lord has for us. He's brought us us here together, but no matter where we go, we always find the family of God. And so we get to celebrate what God has done in and through us with these remember then type of moments. And all through scripture, God has done what he has done for one generation is always the bedrock that the next generation stands upon. That's why I'm so grateful uh, for that bearded man, that there's so much that he has done. And we've been able to have coffee every once in a while. And, and he'll, he'll look at me. He'll get real pastoral, you know, and it, like you could see the switch just turn on. He's like, Nick, but this is what you need to make sure. Guard your family. Guard your purity. Guard the word of God. You're going to feel pressure to want to do this and to do that. You can't fall into that. Guard well what God has given you. And I love that, that even out of the role, still pouring into this young pastor as we're trying to figure out what God is doing in and through us. And so we are building on that bedrock. And the same is for you. What has God done in your life that now is laying a foundation or you're building upon that foundation for the generation after you? What is the legacy that you are going to leave for those that are coming behind you? Because the truth is, is God's faithfulness is always fulfilled in his time. That what he is doing, sometimes we wonder, like, what is God doing with my life? He's going to fulfill, he's going to be faithful, and he's going to fulfill that in his time, not ours. And so a lot of times you're going to be waiting upon the Lord, and that's okay. And even in Scripture, so if you have your Bibles with you, open up to the book of Acts. If you have your phone, you can do the old scroll thing. If you're like, I didn't even think about bringing my Bible. Well, this is church. Welcome. Glad that you're here. Acts chapter 2. As we talk about God's faithfulness being fulfilled in his time, I'm going to start in verse 36. I'm jumping right in the middle of a story. And so give me some grace in that. Go, that's your homework. Go home and read the rest of it. All the beginning. Verse 36, it says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know... For certain that God made him, he's referring to Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So this is that sermon where Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost, full of the Holy Spirit. 
and he preaches the word of God. And he's pointing out how these leaders of Israel have crucified the very promise of God. And his name is Jesus. Now there, now when they had heard this, they were cut to the hearts. That the words, not just in what Peter was saying, but they understood what they did. And it cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? If you go back and read, you will see at the very beginning, once they hear these tongues of fire hit the apostles, they're asking, what does this mean? But when they understand that they crucified the promise of God, Jesus Christ, not just but 40, 50 days before, now they're asking the question, what shall we do? Fully understanding the significance of what just happened. And what does Peter say to them? Repent. Turn from that. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That this gift is a promise of God, and if you want to receive him, all you have to do is confess and repent and turn to Jesus in salvation. And, and it, some of you might be reading this verse and be like, it says be baptized. Does that mean you have to be baptized to be saved? No, not at all. We are baptized because we are saved. That is an outward expression of an inward reality, but it is not required. Or they would have had to take the dude off of the cross next to Jesus, baptize him and put him back on the cross when he said, today you will be with me this day in paradise. For the promise is for you. And even you this morning that are hearing my voice, we, we were joking a little bit, but hopefully kind of serious. We hope families and houses can hear the worship and can hear the word of God around the area. So it's not just us burning, getting a nice tan in this valley, but we're praying that the worship and the word of God goes out, that they would understand that the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself, and with many words he bore witness, and he continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And listen to this. The first time Peter gets up and preaches, so those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Can you imagine standing up in a church service, proclaiming the gospel clearly, plainly, with, a, with an application, with a challenge to act, and 3,000 people say yes to Jesus? God is still in the business of revival. God is still in the business of wanting his word and the salvation from Jesus to be proclaimed and not just proclaimed, but responded to, to be acted upon. And so this is, as we talk about God's faithfulness and that he's fulfilling it is in his time, this is something that Israel missed. They missed Jesus for sure. The Old Testament is full of prophecies and foreshadowings to say, hey, I'm sending a Messiah. I'm sending one, the Son of God, that he is coming, a Redeemer, a Savior. You can go clear back to the beginning of Genesis chapter 3 and see that God has promised a Redeemer. And we get to walk through all of the Old Testament pointing to who we know now is Jesus. That we get to look back and see that promise of God fulfilled. But Israel at that time, even though they knew the word, the Pharisees, the religious elite, they knew the word. They knew where he was going to be born. They knew what kind of ministry he was going to have. They missed it. And they missed the Holy Spirit. 
that as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost, they were looking at each other and saying, what does this mean? Peter's almost looking at him like, you don't know that God has said in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit. And as Jesus ascended after the resurrection, that starts the last days that we're in those now. And so we're not looking for end times and all the things that are on the news. We're looking to Jesus. We're looking for an outpouring of his Holy Spirit, just as the word has promised. But we know that God's faithfulness is always fulfilled in his time. And so they missed. They missed what God was doing because they only looked at what God had done. They upheld the law so much that we have the Old Testament, we have the law. What else could we want? And it's like you want the law giver. That the one who wrote the law, that put it upon your heart, wants to have a relationship with you, wants to indwell you, wants to fellowship with you. But they missed it. And they didn't have a framework for the new thing that God was doing. Sometimes we get in trouble at church and we do the same thing. We don't have a framework for the new thing that God wants to do in and through us. A lot of times we run back and, and the, here's the, if you ever want to go in and kill a church, this is how you do it, right? Get involved. And then the moment a new idea hits, these are the words that you're supposed to say, ready? This is how you kill a church. That's not how we used to do it. We've never done it that way before. Well, thank the Lord that he didn't take your advice because he never sent his son before to die on a cross for you, never filled you with the Holy Spirit because of your faith. I'm thankful that the Lord doesn't take our advice on how we should lead in the church. Instead, we need to be looking to him and looking to his word and understanding, Lord, what's the fresh work that you want to do in us? I don't know. Let's do a church in the park. You think anybody will show up? I don't know. But he's asked us to be faithful. So if two showed up or if 2,000 showed up, he's asking for faithfulness from us because we respond in faithfulness to God's faithfulness, that his faithfulness is always fulfilled in his time. And so we always need to be looking, what is that new thing that God wants to do in and through us? And so understanding that they missed Jesus, Galatians 4.4 tells us that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. So even in sending Jesus, there was a fullness of time that had to arrive, and then he sent his son. And the same with the Holy Spirit. And my iPad just overheated. Lord, this one's going to be yours. And what's the thing that we're missing? You know what today is? It's Sunday. Of course, you're supposed to say, it's church in the park. Today's the day of Pentecost. Today is the day 50 days ago was Easter. This is the day that we celebrate and remember the gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit. So you turn to John 14, if you would. Literally, the wind turned to John 18, so we're getting close. No, the iPad's getting overheated, not me. Oh, <laughs> it's a fan. Okay, I'm going to see what happens. It's bacon. It's okay. John 14. John 14, starting in verse 15, he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's a whole other sermon. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that's a capital H, to be with you forever. That's the new thing. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would indwell uh, Israel, these believers, every once in a while. Then he would come out of them to do special projects. But here, 
Jesus is telling us that the Holy Spirit is going to indwell you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, for you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Even in verse 7 of chapter 16, Jesus is saying, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It is good that Jesus went away, that he ascended back to heaven. And then he gives this promise. Because a lot of times it's like, oh, if I could just walk with Jesus, I would be so much better. I would have got it wrong. If I was one of the disciples walking with Jesus, yeah, I would have been one of those guys shouting, crucify him. I would have been walking with him. I know my heart. But Jesus says, it is good that I go away. Why? Because there's another promise. Now, oh, thank you, Lord. Just keep that cloud right there. Let the sun stand still like it did. Joshua, so we can keep killing people. No, that's in the Old Testament, okay? I'm just reading the Old Testament. That's why the sun stood still so they could continue war. But God's faithfulness to send his son and then the promise of God, his son is now the promise keeper and he's the promise maker saying that I it's good it's to your advantage that I go away why because God's not done working that there's not the fullness yet that he wants and he sends his Holy Spirit to us for those of us that have surrendered and submitted that we've confessed that we've given our life to Jesus that we're saved by grace through faith now we are indwelled by his Holy Spirit here's the beautiful part he's still not done that he still wants to use and work in and through us as Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks. That he still wants to see from us that mission to love him, to love others, to impact the world. Even our vision statement that we want to create a community of faith that impacts the community in which we live. That's the call that he has on us. Why? Because he's not done working yet. Not in us as a church. He's not done working in your family some of you might be thinking like, I need a, I need a miracle of God for my marriage because we can't even sit in the same room together. He's not done working. This is a promise-keeping God that works in massive, miraculous ways. You might have that prodigal son child that is walking away from the Lord. God works miracles. He's not done working. Well, we have to understand that God's faithfulness is fulfilled in his time. But for us, our faithfulness, it's always time. It is always time to respond to Jesus in faithfulness. If there's another, uh, there's none of that thought of, oh, I'll, I'll do that next year. Or once we can get through the summer and everything dies down and we get all these tourists out of the area, you know, because this is my busy season, which I get is true. Oh, once we can get through school or once, once this starts or once I have that new job or once I find that one person that I can spend the rest of my life with, then I will respond to God's faithfulness. Now, today is always the day to respond to the faithfulness of God in faithfulness to Jesus. And some of us here, I'm not going to be so naive to think, today is the day of salvation for some of you. Today is the day of Pentecost. That as you turn and repent and confess and you put your faith in Jesus and he indwells you with the Holy Spirit, it's the day of Pentecost for you. Some, it might be a day of rededication. 
that you were walking with the Lord, but life gets busy and crazy. And before you know it, you're so far from the thing that you called your faith, you don't even recognize it. Understand Jesus faithfully responding, saying, trust me with your life. Return and come back to me. That we might have situations in our life, let it be a marriage, an adult child walking away from the Lord, family that don't know the Lord, that God wants to use you. Respond to him in faithfulness. Because he's not done working yet. We, we absolutely want to remember everything that God has done to bring us to this very moment. Not just us as a church, not just us and our families, but even you and me. Well, we go back and we look back and we see God's hand all through our lives to bring us to this very moment. And he, and he saves us and he works in us and through us because the gospel is not so meant to stop at us, but the gospel is meant to flow through us that he's bringing us to this very moment. Why? Because he's still a promise-keeping God. And he wants to fulfill his faithfulness, not around us, not without us, but understand this, God wants to keep his promise, his faithfulness through us. That he invites you and me to be a part of what he is doing on the landscape of human history. The question is, will we respond in faithfulness to him? Will we look at Jesus and say, yes and amen with our lives? It's the day of Pentecost. It's the day that God poured out his Holy Spirit, that he fulfilled his promise, that he was sending another, a helper, a comforter. Anybody got any situations in your life that you're like, I could use a comforter? And not like the blanket thing, because my wife keeps the whole house at like 38 degrees just to stay warm comforter. But anybody in turmoil in their life? Yeah, God has a promise for you to bring a comforter in your life to help lead and guide. And that is the bedrock that we get to stand and say, I am not forsaken. I am not alone. That he is with me. So I just encourage you this morning. Outside. In his creation. Will you respond to the faithfulness of God? If you would, bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we love you and we trust you, Lord. We thank you for the promise that you have fulfilled in bringing your son. We know what your word says, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die a death that we deserved. And I pray this morning was a time of worship and response to your faithfulness. Lord, we surrender control of our lives to you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would kindle in us afresh that gift would continue to lead and guide us, that we would walk in newness of life, that we would be the salt of the earth. And not just like a little bit of salt, Lord, I want to be the saltiest salt of the earth. We want to be the brightest light set up on a city on a hill, Lord. That people would see the good works that you've prepared beforehand for us and that they would glorify you in, Lord. That is our heart. That is our desire. And Lord, if there's anyone here that is not walking with you, I pray that you would grab a hold of their hearts, that they would turn and respond in faith to your faithfulness. 
And Lord, those that have been walking with you for decades, for years, have just faithfully entrusting their lives to you. Give us strength. Give us strength as we wait upon you, knowing the promise that you are returning. But until then, I pray that you would find us, Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks, you find us individuals. We are doing the last thing that you called us to do, to go and make disciples, to love you, to love others, to impact this world. Give us that kind of faith. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said,